You're listening to NFT 365, the first daily podcast on NFTs with your host, Fanzo, talking crypto, blockchain, Web3, non-fungible tokens, metaverse, and what the f*** is a non-fungible token? We'll get to that. It's time for today's episode of NFT 365, the only daily NFT podcast minting an NFT every day for 365 days. Powered by the ADHD coin at rally.io, here's your host and digital futurist, the ADHD superpowered Brian Fenzo. This show is not financial advice, so do your own damn research. Welcome back to another episode of NFT 365. And, you know, we are sponsored by the Crypto Business Conference. Crypto Business Conference is happening in San Diego, beautiful San Diego, on October 9th through the 11th. Make sure to check that out. I look forward to seeing everyone there. And, you know, on this journey of NFTs in this, you know, beautiful world of, uh, you know, where we're all kind of taking a lot of the things that, you know, I've been talking about here on the the podcast, to me, you know, the advantage of a lot of my, you know, when I look at Web3 as a whole, I've said this before, I look at this as like the intersection in my career and in my background that I didn't know was coming, that I didn't even know really was possible. And the, the beauty of it is it's really about that, you know, harmony between technology and humanity. And, you know, I'm one that, you know, I you know, founded the ADHD coin, of course, over on Rally. Uh, we, we founded that almost 19 months ago. Um, and I am someone that is neurodiverse. And of course, we talk about that a lot here um, on the podcast and kind of tapping into like, you know, the mental health angle and, and kind of understanding, you know, where our roles are. And I have to say, like, for, for people that don't know me and, and as much, you know, personally, and maybe you're discovering the podcast, you know, like, my full-time gig, of course, is a, as a keynote speaker. I get to speak, you know, at stages around the world. And I always say that, you know, speaking to me is the, is the second place that I am most zen in the world, where my, most, my brain is the calmest, is where I feel really like my ADHD almost kind of, uh, you know, disappears in the background. I'm able to tap into a lot of the, the things that, you know, really make, in my opinion, make ADHD uh, my superpower. And the number one place where I am most zen, which I know doesn't make a lot of sense to a lot of people, is actually sitting at a poker table with a, a lot of money on the line and playing cards for sometimes, you know, 18 hours um, in a row. And that's why, you know, for this episode, it's going to be a, a lot of fun that uh, I'm bringing in uh, two friends that are, are actually the founders of Crypto Hold'em NFT, which if you are paying attention to us minting an NFT every single day for 365 days, they were actually the project we minted back um, on episode, or number 106, which is uh, it's pretty cool to kind of bring this full circle. Um, and I've been you know in contact uh, with Joe over the, the months and getting to know the project and a lot of the things that are, are kind of happening um, kind of across the board as far as you know uh, NFTs and, and things that are going. So excited to bring in uh, both Josh and Joe from Crypto Hold'em uh, NFT. Josh, I'll kick it over to you first. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell the audience a little about yourself, and then we'll kick it over to Joe, and we'll jump into the conversation. Uh, definitely. Uh, thanks, man. Super excited to be here and, uh, and really, uh, really excited to join you guys and get to talk to your audience a little bit here about what we're doing. So my name is Josh Wilson. I was born and raised in Boston, Massachusetts, spent uh, some time out in Los Angeles and now reside in Nashville, Tennessee. And I'm the chief operating officer for Crypto Hold'em. So um, 
my background prior to getting into the Web3 and NFT space was very much in business development sales, um, very traditional kind of Web2 world. I worked for Ikea for a long time, designing and building stores, traveling around the country and traveling around the world doing that. And then got into the Web3 crypto NFT space with Top Shot, like a lot of us did, being a sports fan and a degenerate gambler. You know, got in there with uh, with Top Shot, and then it was really just it was you know we were hooked. You know, I had a couple of buddies. I, I I played in a, a poker game with some friends uh, over the pandemic. You know, throughout COVID, played in like a Zoom poker game, which has kind of reignited my love for for poker. I had kind of gotten away from the game, played a lot in the you know rounders era, late late 90s, early 2000s. I'm 43 years old. So played a lot in that era. And then, you know, we're all, I was living in LA during the pandemic and was really locked down and couldn't do much. So got back into poker and then kind of as my love for poker, you know, kicked back in, there comes my, you know, introduction to the NFT space. And so, and then it was just game over. And now I work, I work full-time in the space by day and then uh, do crypto hold them uh, NFT by night. So I am uh, all in, as they say, uh, to, to use the poker pun. And, uh, and yeah, that's uh, it won't be the, they won't be the last poker pun. I can, I can pretty much guarantee yeah. that's the, uh, <laughs> that, that is the case for sure. Uh, yeah. Love that, Josh. And we're, I'm going to tap into a couple of things that you said uh, after we get uh, Joe's intro. Joe, over to you. What say you? You know, every time we get introduced on a podcast or anything like that, Josh always has to bring up Top Shot. And, and, you know, obviously Josh and I started in this space with NFT Top Shot. I think I bought at the all-time high. So every time Josh brings that up, it's always, I get a little cringe. Um, but uh, again, Joe Cameron, I'm the CEO of Crypto Hold'em. Uh, prior to this, I was a law enforcement officer in uh, California for 11 years. Born and raised in Massachusetts. So that's where Josh and I kind of connected with our love over the Patriots and every single Boston sports team. So sorry, Fanzo. Um, oh. you know, diehard Patriots fans on your podcast. We didn't let you know beforehand, but I know that's a pretty good job sandbagging that. You know, that's, that's, that's impressive. <laughs> yeah, we're doing you like that live. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's kind of a little bit of background before me. And then obviously, like I said, with Josh, we got in with NBA Top Shot and uh, our love for poker and really wanted to be, you know, I think, you know, one of the things you've said over and over in your podcast is, is collect before you become a founder. And, and I can tell you right now, Josh and I collected a lot and, you know, we learned the space and then, you know, we combined poker and, um, you know, the web three space and, and we're loving every minute of it. I love it. Yeah, definitely that, you know, it's that collector side. I'm, I also feel like I, I'm the buy at the top of top shot side of the house, Joe. So we're, we're very much aligned there. Like I couldn't, I, I was like, you know, I've, I've always done heavy, like, you know, uh, in DraftKings and fantasy football was, you know, massive, but like as top shot was kind of taking off, I kept sitting back, kept sitting back. And then I finally pulled the trigger. And of course it was pretty much at the top, uh, on that as well, which is, uh, you know, I actually got to share the stage with one of the, uh, the guys from the NBA that kind of brought a lot of that together. And it was so funny because he's like, you know, there was like a LinkedIn message that I wanted to jump on the phone with you. And like, so now I have that like saved where it was like, Brian, check your LinkedIn messages. Cause it probably would have saved me, um, some thousands of dollars when it comes to uh, uh, top shot investments. Uh, but so yeah, so crypto, uh, you know, crypto hold them, you know, from a standpoint of, uh, you know, an NFT project, you know, for me, one of the things that, you know, it jumped on my, my radar kind of originally was just the idea that I was like, man, this space needs a poker uh, project. But I also was like, how does that like look or, or appear in this space? And I remember the, the kind of my very first kind of like looking into the project and was like, wait a second. Like I, I love like the approach to what the project is. So we're going to talk a lot about, we'll talk about poker. We'll talk a little bit about like the space community building and some of the lessons learned, but I would love Joe, give me a little bit of like that origin story of like, 
hey, like, you know, and first off, you know, thank you for your service as a, a law enforcement officer and, and keeping us safe. Uh, you know, much love in that space, even for Patriots fans as a diehard Pittsburgh fan. Although I give people in Boston a lot of credit because I, I just like fans that are diehard, right? Like, let's face it, there's not a lot of cities. I lived in Arizona for nine years. My daughters were born there. Um, there was more Steeler jerseys at non-Steeler Arizona Cardinal games than there were Arizona Cardinal fans. Like, you know, that's a little little shot at Arizona Cardinals. But, um, you know, like, it's such a, you know, I love, I love diehard fans. And so talk to me a little bit about, like, that origin of, like, hey, we're, you know, the NF, you know having an NFT project around poker and then kind of some of that initial kind of thought on it. Because for me, I think I thought of, like, hey, there needs to be a poker NFT, but I hadn't, like, wrapped my head around what it would look like, and I love what you guys did as, a, as an approach, and I'd love to hear a little bit about that orange, origin story. Yeah, so, the, I mean, the origin started uh, with Josh and I playing poker, and he can probably speak a little bit more on this because he, you know, he was really the brains behind this with, uh, you know, his, his poker home games and stuff like that, but how we, you know, really went from the collector space and, and combined it, and, and there was a study that was done. Josh, you can fill me in on the study that was done for where they were talking about how it's the integration between crypto and, and the poker world. And then we're like, well, why not NFTs? Right. Just like you said, we haven't seen one out there. There was a few, but you know, they, we wanted to, you know, Josh and I are also big case break guys. We're big sports card collectors. So we were like, okay, how can we get into that concept and kind of, you know, gamify um, the aspect a little bit? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think to build on that, like, you know, like I said, kind of the top of the call, we all really, I mean, a lot of people got back into poker, especially online poker, right during, during the pandemic. Right. So that we're not unique in that regard, but um, so the ideation process for the project, you know, as we became really fascinated with the space and, you know, put in our 40, 68 hours of you know research and collecting and, and really kind of being in the trenches on a line level and on a customer level of this thing for months and months and months before we ever even thought of, of building a project. It was probably six to eight months of collecting, uh, probably a little too much, as Joe said, where we're all gamblers here. That's why we're all friends, right? And, and a lot of case breaking. Uh, I lived in Hermosa Beach at the time and there was uh, Jaspies was at the bottom of my street, which is like super dangerous. Yeah, that would be so dangerous. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And and they stayed open during the pandemic for curbside orders just uh, wow. shout out to Jaspies for taking <laughs> taking all the money. But um you know, so casing, you know, case breaking with them, Seal City case breaks, you know, those guys in Pittsburgh, great guys. Yep. So like so you know, just we're just, we're doing a ton of that and and um you know, a couple of buddies um Scott Blumstein is one, you know, Scotty won the WSOP main event a couple of years back. Yeah, oh yeah. It was really Scott and my buddy uh, Joe Stapleton who both got me into, you know, we were like playing on a Zoom run it with some other friends with Maria Ho and some other people, right? And we're we're playing on this online game and the guys are talking about, oh, this is NBA Top Shot, you know, that's kind of how Top Shot. And almost jokingly, you know, is, you know, Scotty said to Stapes, "Don't tell Josh about NFTs because he's gonna he's gonna go he's gonna go bananas on it, right?" I'm like, "Wait, what's an NFT? What are you talking about?" Literally had never even heard of it before. And they, you know, they were right because <laughs> anything worth doing is worth overdoing is my personal mantra. So, you know, we uh, we got into it. So just I mean, super deep dive, just instantly became obsessed with the nostalgia of like the new Internet. I mean, I, I to take it way back in the late 90s, I worked at CompUSA and sold computers. Hey girls, so I was an IT guy. It was kind of my I'm first on, love. I'm doing an interview real quick. OK, the real world takes over and kind of got out of that world and end up in retail and customer service. But so. I always really enjoyed and, and, and had a lot of love for IT. So kind of hit on that point, the whole case break, you know, the sweat of, of minting a project. So anyway, fast forward to Joe and I started kicking, uh, kicking ideas back and forth on, you know, we both love poker. We know we've got a lot of friends who are in that world and can help us, 
you know, uh, you know, my good buddy Maria Ho was a, was an integral part of, you know, the, the ideation and, you know, rollout of this project. Um, you know, she's a, she's a good friend and was incredibly important in that process. So having a hall of famer, <laughs> you know, and in Maria and guys like Stapes and Scotty to be able to bounce ideas off of, it was just too good to not do it. Right. And those, those guys were all, all of our friends were all so helpful in helping us ideate this thing, get it rolled out and make sure we're staying true to the game. And uh, that's, that's how we ended up here. I love that. And I, you know, I have a, a cool little Maria Ho story is like, you know, my first world series of poker that I played was 2010, I believe 2000. I have like the coin somewhere. I think it was 2010. And, you know, I had won some, you know, I played a lot in Atlantic city, done a couple of WSOPs, uh, had actually placed third in the Arizona state championship and kind of bankrolled that into, uh, into my first, uh, WSOP. And, and I remember I sat down at the table and, you know, I was like literally that, that first WSOP event where just everything felt like magnitude that I wasn't even, you know, close to prepared to. I could sit down at a 510, you know, no limit table without even, you know, hesitating. But all of a sudden it was the, you know, WSOP. And I remember it was like, it was the, the second break on that first, the, the day that I was playing. And, um, I was like over, you know, kind of talking to somebody and, uh, Maria came over and she's like, Hey, I just want to let you know, like, take some deep breaths. And I was like, I looked at her and I was like, she wasn't at my table. And I was like, and she's like, one of my friends is over the table. I've been checking over there. And she's like, and I can feel your nerves here. And I remember it being like, wait a second. Like, I, of course, knew who she was. And I'm like, just the fact that she had like the, 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 the fact that she told me that and kind of gave me that. I remember sitting back at that table and, and feeling like so much more um, like alive, right? It was like all of a sudden, like it was kind of like that uh, off my back. Of course, it was probably... An hour later, you know, I flopped, tripped, uh, tripped deuces and uh, got knocked out pretty quickly uh, right after that as, yeah, the, the board ran out and my, uh, my deuces didn't hold. And, and that, was my, that was my first WSOP out. But like, I, I remember going back the second year and being like, you know, I need to just go back over and like thank her for that, right? And it was like, it was such an important aspect for me. And so that's even when I had saw she was kind of, uh, you were kind of uh, talking about her art through the project. And I, I love that she's a, a good friend. And, you know, the other part I wanted to kind of tap in, you were talking about, you know, case breaking and card collecting and, and poker. And, you know, I think for a lot of us, you know, like for me, you know, I played poker, you know, I'm 41. So we're, I think we're right around that same. I, I played through college, like before, you know, of course, um, Hold'em was really the game. And then um, Moneymaker, of course, made a, you know, made it a, a lot different of a, of a conversation. And, and for me, that was such a, an exciting time. And, you know, and then I was, you know, very lucky. I, I actually signed a, a, a poker sponsorship with an online uh, poker brand um, that, weirdly was not great for me because I was a horrible online poker player. Like, I mean, I am talking about as horrible as you could actually get um, at online, mainly because I knew that my skill set in, uh, in person was reading people, you know, being a people person. I was really good at trusting my gut, having that hyper focus. Uh, and so it was always funny because like they would introduce me as like, uh, you know, a guy that was, you know, let's just say as the guy that was like the, the only millennial that really sucks at online poker. Like literally that was like my, like my, my, my reputation. Um, and so like, I love like the, like that like whole world. And I had a, I ended up splitting a place in Vegas for a while, you know, flying from Arizona to Vegas every other weekend for uh, a good while I'm playing. And, and I, for me, like I, I share this a lot and I think the context is important. Like I've read more books, studied and analyzed more 
on poker than I have anything in my entire career. No job, no background, like, no, you know, and there's something about like this, like, like the, the art of poker that is so similar to the NFT space. And it ties Josh like into what you mentioned as well is in the sense of like my friends, when we were on clubhouse, they're like fans of do not get into NFTs. Like, cause I was like, I didn't really like crypto cause crypto felt to me very like, you know, financial currency playing. And I was like, you know, I got plenty of other places to play, but NFTs being dropped in my lap was of course um, a big deal in like that world. And Joe, I'm curious from your side, like when you, you know, not only NFTs kind of getting dropped in your world, but you're kind of connecting it to the poker side. What was kind of like some of that aha for you in that initial kind of, you know, you know, being involved in the project and then what you guys could kind of bring to life? Yeah. You know, for me, it was obviously Josh and I, and Josh played a lot, probably a little bit more than me during, you know, the pandemic when we started out and, you know, we, we found this study and I'm blanking on the study, Josh, if you can help me out with it. But, you know, we found, you know, a study where they brought poker players were, were so heavily influenced or into the crypto market. And Josh and I are, like you said, we're, we're buying these NFTs, we're case breaking. And we're like, I think we, we probably was on a Sunday after some football. So after some, some nice uh, cocktails and we're like, well, why don't we just, why don't we just combine this? Right. Why, why can't we bring a poker project into this web three space. And then we just started, you know, brainstorming ideas and everything like that. And that's really how it came about. I wish we had a better story of us, you know, whiteboarding this big, you know, thing like you have on the back behind you. <laughs> and it's like, no, this, this came after probably a Patriots football Sunday. And, um, well, we, we, yeah. we can call that, um, we can call that like a spoiled football Sunday for you guys. Cause, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, Patriots been, uh, you know, living, a, living a great life there. Uh, you know, and, you know, I like to say, you know, Brady has, I, I've, I've cried more in a vehicle thanks to Brady driving home from Pittsburgh games, uh, you know, as a season ticket holder, the Steelers and especially those early days. And so I, I love that, but I actually love the fact that it wasn't like this major whiteboarding session, right? Because I think some people's, you know, their vision of projects or, you know, projects that, that come to life. Cause like, you know, I think for me, when I first discovered, you know, the, the project, I remember being like, Hey, this isn't like some of the other poker projects that had come before, and it's no offense to them, but it, like a lot of them were kind of building in the, the like if you sneeze a project out, you could sell it out, you know, kind of era, right? Where there wasn't a lot of design or focus, or even you know, like I've always I don't know I don't know how you guys feel about like poker movies, but like the fact that they don't do a great job of like researching like the basics, right? Like in like the, even like some of the terminology, like I was so afraid like the poker NFT space would be a little bit like that, where you're like. Yeah, you know, there's a there's a fifth street there, right? Like, you know that they're supposed to be five. Like you're, you know, like and you know, sometimes in these movies, you feel like they miss like the most basic of basic things. So I'm I'm curious, Josh, you know, like in in that side and like you know, playing poker with thanks to the the pandemic, um, you know, poker being kind of integrated into some of the NFTs. Uh, you know, early on, I remember Crypto Dads, you know, one of the first, you know, events they announced was a, a poker tournament. I was like, oh, that's a no brainer. Like, you know, a bunch of us playing online. And um, but I, I'm curious, like, as you guys were bringing it to life and, and kind of to bring it to, you know, um, to like minting and, and putting out there, where what were the kind of the projects that maybe influenced or that, you know, and you mentioned, you know, case breaking and some of like the top shot, you know, um, you know, card collecting. Were there any other projects that kind of like gamification and like kind of jumped out at what you guys were thinking of as far as like style or, or things that kind of influence, you know, the kind of the vision of the project? Yeah, I, I, you know, you mentioned, <clears throat> so as far as in the NFT space, not really, right? I mean, especially when we launched, there weren't really poker projects, any really poker projects to speak of. Um, I mean, our friends in in poker, right, you know, Maria, and it's a, that's a really cool story about Maria and one I know she'll really appreciate to hear. Um, 
Marie is one of the most thoughtful people on the planet. So that's not at all surprising to hear that from three tables away. She's, you know, realize you're having a hard time. You know, Maria is one of those people you mentioned that you like something, you, know, you like a particular tequila. And then three months later, you have a house party and she shows up with whatever the nicest bottle of that tequila is. She's just an incredibly thoughtful human. So, I mean, really, it was it was guys like, again, guys, you know, just buddies like Maria and Stapes and Blumstein, just and mostly Maria, to be candid, just making sure that we're staying true to the game. Right. And that was Maria was so, so important in, in the early stages of this project in that regard. And, you know. He mentioned movies like, you know, to give Stapes a shout out, like Stapes consulted on the movie The Card Counter, right? So, oh, nice. Which is why The Card Counter, if you've, if you've ever seen it, right? Oh, yes. Great, great poker movie. Yes. You know, one of the only good <laughs> poker movies of the last 20 years, in my humble opinion. And they hired Stapes to consult on that to make sure they weren't saying exactly like like nobody were things that you would never hear at a poker table, right? So, right. Uh, so no, uh, and, and but it, that said, in the NFT space uh, in general, Crypto Dads, you know, we're buddies. Um, one of our Kenny Sanders, who was a founder at the beginning, um, beginning of the project, who ended up stepping away to focus on some other business ventures. Kenny, um, you know, Kenny, myself, and Joe, and the guys at Crypto Dads were a big, a big help and a big influence. You know, we've been big fans of their project. You know, we all minted, minted you know, we're all part of their yep. mints. Um, so, Crypto Dads is probably the first project I really got into as far as community goes and really saw what a community could be. So, very much. They very much influence our how we built our community, right? And and, yep. and kind of showed us what good looks like. Um, but from a gameplay and a, um, a utility standpoint, humbly speaking, I mean, we we really kind of created that. I mean, so there yep. wasn't it, it, that that didn't exist really. Um, and we definitely, like to Joe's point, took a lot from you know that uh, McKinsey was the, uh, the study that Joe's referencing about oh, yeah. the adoption rate and all that. You know, so we've got we've got uh, some some folks that uh, I play poker with that work over there in, um, in their sports and gaming division. So, nice. you know, you know, we, we consulted with McKinsey on it again, on a friendly level, not on a professional level, because <laughs> consulting <laughs> with McKinsey professionally is, uh, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> cost you some money there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, Those pockets go a little deeper than, uh, than we go. So we're very fortunate to have some really smart people who don't mind spending an hour on the phone with us to ask silly questions. But, um, so yeah, so that was really, but yeah, crypto dads was definitely a big one. And then, and then Ethereum Towers, you know, early on, I mean, they've been such unbelievable partners and friends to us. And, uh, you know, they were the first big project that when we were, uh, nobody had ever heard. I'm mean, not that we're, you know, V friends or something now, but back when really nobody had ever heard of us, they were the first group of guys and gals to look at us and go, yeah, no, this makes sense. These guys are legit. They're doxxed. And, and we, you know, we'll help promote and kind of partner and, and, and get, you know, spread the word on this project. They're our first kind of major collab. So, Crypto Dads and, and Ethereum Tower is definitely the two that stand out for me. I love that we have that Crypto Dads kind of like that was one of the ones for me that like just the community. I was like, wait a second, like this is much more than just the flipping and the you know. And there was something beautiful about that like time frame of Crypto Dads. I think that was also kind of a a very influential. Right, like it was a, it was a time where you know I think we were like projects were starting to figure out like there needs to be more than just having like a clubhouse room or just being you know getting a bunch of people in a discord you know I will say I'm curious you know Joe you know I for me like I remember you know pre-launch and you guys were doing that kind of the countdown um and I was excited I I I will say you know not only as a poker fan but you know this was a hundred mints into buying an nft every day and I felt like 
like, hey, I'm dialing this in. I'm starting to get a better under, uh, understanding of projects that I believe, um, you know, have the longevity that I was looking for. And it was funny. It wasn't until the night before that it kind of dawned on me that there was like this element of, and I'm not really sure. I'd have to go back and look. Maybe it was a podcast episode the night before um, your mint, but it hit me and was like, wait a second. Like the, this project might have a, a niche, like the fact that there's like, first, like, do you have to be a poker player to collect this NFT? And then like, it was one of those like ahas, like, wow, this could be really powerful, but it also could be really limiting as far as like people that want to embrace it or, or get in or understand kind of like that value. Can you talk a little bit about like, did you guys kind of think about that like beforehand or like what that kind of looked like? Cause like to me, I remember like I was racing uh, to, to like, you know, make sure to grab one, you know, initially. And then I, I took a step back and, and, you know, I'm also, you know, a co-founder of uh, uh, meta athletes and meta athletes. We had the very similar in the sense of like, we were looking at high performance athletes and we realized, wow, like that's a much smaller niche inside of a small niche, which is NFTs as a whole. How did you guys kind of look at that uh, uh, kind of ahead of time? And like, what were your kind of thoughts there? like at launch around like wow there you know although poker players live in this space like there is you are like kind of a niche within a niche um as far as a a project kind of launching yeah you know one of the the key processes that we went through was that we were not going to go to any of the big shill twitter instagram pages that that was something josh kenny and i early on said hey listen we're not that's not what this project is just like you explained like this is a niche market that we're going to we're trying to bring the nft space to the poker world so that was that was our number one thing we were not going to do from the beginning so right out the gate you know again going back to crypto dads they were probably the first that said hey let's do let's do these poker tournaments right so we're like okay let's let's have these weekly poker tournaments where we can give away a whitelist spot we can give away a mint and we can start getting more eyes on our project and just go to back to your last point you know what we were thinking at the very beginning was there was there was project out there the pfps were big right and we're like i think to answer josh's question earlier i think case breaks was it right case breaks for us was like how do we take case breaks get them into the Web3 space and, and kind of gamify this. And that's where we were like, hey, we're going to be the first to use your NFT in a totally different way. So not only are we bring in the, you know, the poker world to this, but we're going to allow you to actually use your NFT in a gameplay aspect. And then we're going to kind of get on the sweat in, in, the, in the gambling side of just like, you know, how do you, how do you use that? How do you play? How do you gamify? So I think that was the big thing for us. But, you know, to be completely candid, you know, when we started this, um, you know, like I said, I've been a police officer for 11 years. I've started two companies. This is hands down the hardest thing I've ever done. Like this is, you know, tr- it's just really hard. Now, I, because I mean, not only from the police officer side, right, but like, you know, the business side, when you think about it being hard from a, you know, I think, you know, your project has adapted. Like I remember, like for me, I loved the idea that the NFT, you know, for those that haven't seen it, we'll, we'll include a link to, uh, you know, of course the website, we'll, we'll even uh, include a link to the tweet where we tweeted out back on, uh, on February 25th when we minted ours. Uh, and we had, you know, we had, we had suited five, seven of diamonds is, uh, was, uh, our cards there. Um, I remember like, to me, I love the idea of kind of like the peel, right. And it's very, it feels very, you know, it, ha- you know, the, the, the hand coming out and being, you know, it has like a, a very interesting, you know, like the feel makes really aligned with, with the, um, the poker side of the house, but you know, it, it isn't like your traditional PFP, what you're going to see someone put, um, as much as their profile photo, what aspects of like that, like when you say like, you know, it's one of the hardest, you know, business, cause I think this is such an important thing for, for people to wrap their head around because you know, the, even the projects that like are launching as like a quote unquote free man and getting out there. Like I think so many people are, are right now getting a slap in the face of like, 
holy hell, is this a lot harder and a lot more entailed than, you know, like we maybe realized. Uh, so like, Joe, I'm curious, like what were some of the things that have jumped out at you kind of making this space a little bit either more difficult or, you know, kind of the moving parts that kind of, you know, step out that I think most people probably need to wrap their head around. Yeah, I think we'll again we'll probably talk a lot about crypto dads here. I think right. they minted their project at the, at the great time, right? And, yeah. and they minted out, and it was, I mean, at the perfect time. And, and we were in it, you know, we were talking with them. And, you know, I think going just going back to the art and how it was a little bit different, um, the artist is John Gagnon, and I went to college. We've both been to Plymouth State um, up in New Hampshire, and I knew John was a really good artist. And, and one thing that Josh and I wanted from the beginning was we wanted, we wanted to personally know the artist. We wanted, you know, some some personal feelings behind this art. So, you know, we kind of just let John do his thing and said, Hey, this is the idea that we have. This is the concept we want to go with. And, and you know, he built a, 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 he built some great characteristics and great traits that we built into this thing. Um, but you know, this, the whole community building and getting your project out into this space is, you know, it, we, we were guided down some roads that we probably would change if we had to change them again. Um, and, you know, we started doing, a little bit of marketing on Twitter and stuff like that, but just getting, I think getting our project out to the poker world is a lot harder than we thought. And, and, and to go back to your point about this niche market, like we had this idea that we we're going to bring this poker project and all these poker players were going to play. And, you know, we're going to put a seat to the world series of poker. And, and, you know, the, the candid answer to that is it's, it's really hard. It, yep. This is really hard to do. Yeah. It's funny. Yeah. You, it's funny you say that. I went through in real quick. Like, I remember like before this was pre-man, I, you know, I still have a, 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 a text group with a bunch of the people that I've played poker with over the years. Right. And we always like, you know, especially right now, you know, like kind of the summertime world series of poker time, we're always kind of like, Hey, did you see this? You know, and we're sharing like bad beat videos and such. And I remember sharing a link to your project right away. And I was like, Oh, like I can get my people into NFTs. Like it was, it was like one of those like moments of like, Oh, this is like the end. And I remember like the replies of like, completely confused on like what that even meant and like and then i was like well i'll help you get a wallet i remember i was like i'll do a zoom call and then people are like but but now i'm gonna have you know it it was it was kind of a shock to me like even as someone that was like excited because i'm always looking for projects um you know that kind of bring people in as well you know i'm you know your the the mint price was also i believe it was 0.2 is that is that correctly if i remember correct I think it was, yeah, point two on, on, on mint day, which, you know, this is January, February timeframe, right? Where, where ETH is uh, at a little higher of a point, but I will say like, I felt like your marketing and some of the, I would, we could say guerrilla tactics, but like, I really liked the idea that you were, you know, doing some massive giveaways around like whoever minted a certain, you know, two cards in their, in their uh, NFT. I thought there was some real creativity there that like for me I was taking notes and like even though if it might not have like kind of moved the needle maybe as much as that that they probably would have thought it would have done I think a lot of that had to do with where the market was at where ETH was at and I also think like that February March time frame I think we'll look back at such an interesting um, you know space where you know where were people thinking about liquidity we had a lot of projects that were all of a sudden like you know minting at 0.8 and 0.9 or or 1.5 eth and and i kind of draining the the market as well josh i'm curious like you know when you look at that like kind of the rollout and the project and what you guys have have kind of grown and learned 
what are some of the things that like I'd say like either like lessons or things that you're like you're excited that you know this worked and you've because you've been building for those that you know don't know like your community is very strong and you guys have a lot of people that are you know all in I you know in the discord I've always appreciated that you know there are people having active conversations without anyone on the team having to be in there right which to me is like a a sign of of a, of a good community but Josh what are some of your thoughts on that like kind of like that roll out and some things that you're like hey like what we're building you know, yes, the poker players might not have been there yet, but like we really did a couple of these things well, and and some things that we would have you know thought that we probably might have changed or, or did a little differently. <clears throat> yeah, definitely. I, I you mentioned the niche within a niche within a niche thing, so I, I'll say the the there are probably the number one thing I'm glad we didn't do, and Joe hit on it or alluded to it a little bit earlier is you know this at and I mean this is right fall 2020 um, spring 21. This is at the peak of the boom right when we're going through our ideation process and you know at nft you know charging 20 30 40 50k to shill um and and selling projects out right just yep. because people didn't realize that they were being sold projects that were sponsored but anyway yep. that's a different story um they oh, get, yeah. end, up getting, end up getting shut down for that but rightfully so know, <laughs> rightfully so yeah 100 percent. so we 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 dodged that bullet, which is good, and that's really important. I think you know the number one thing I'd say, like Gary always says, right? You know, at least six months to build a community, right? I, I would agree with that, and we we pushed our our launch date back twice, and we did that because once internally and once externally, and we did that because we just felt like we weren't ready, right? We, and and frankly, if we had gone with a November, we were going to launch during the you know they moved WSOP that year yep. to October November. We're going to launch at the end of, you know, there's this huge hunger for, it's right now, right? I mean, there's yep. this huge hunger post WSOP and this huge void in the poker news world of what's going on. So the initial plan was to launch immediately following WSOP. And there were some things we uncovered in our game plan and stuff like that. Could we have went, we could have went with it hundred percent. We would have sold a lot more units, probably frankly made a lot more money if we did. We did it because we wanted to hammer those things out. So I'm glad we did all that. Um, we got good advice and we got some, some not, some not great advice, right. From a number of different folks who will remain nameless to protect the innocent. But I mean, the, the biggest thing is, and Joe hit, Joe hit on earlier. This is like, same thing. I've started, uh, started companies. I've exited companies. I've built 400,000 square foot retail stores, you know, with managing a thousand coworkers and, you know, and, and launching an NFT project has was by far the most difficult thing I've ever done. Now, for us, it paved the way for what we hope to be uh, a kind of a lifetime building in web free, right? Like Joe and I are both in this space full time. So, so that, so that was good. But uh, the biggest thing I would say is, you know, don't overinvest. I mean, Joe, Joe and I haven't made it, haven't made taken one penny in profit. You know, we had a one-time draw and then we ended up paying that back (laughs) to reinvesting that to, to help support some utilities. So, you know, Joe and I have been working on this now for about a year and I haven't taken a penny, right? So wow. um, we borrowed. We 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 paid ourselves once. Uh, I'd say we borrowed that money, <laughs> and then you know promptly when uh, when Ethereum hit the shitter, promptly gave that back. So um, because that's what we needed to do. So I mean, I think that's the biggest thing is you know if if you're in this to make a quick buck, you know those people don't last and those projects will fail, right? And you've seen we've seen that in the market. But if you're here to build something long term, and if you're solving a real need for people, you know the number one thing that I can the most flattering thing for me as a founder is when somebody comes into our discord, especially in the beginning and says, I've never, like you said, fans, all right. I've never been, I've never minted an NFT. This is my first NFT. 
holy smokes, right? Mm. Like, wow, who, who am I, a kid from Quincy, Massachusetts, that co-founded a project that now this dude in Australia is, you know, we have our, our community is about 50-50 national and international, which is nice. also really, really cool to think that folks in Singapore and the UK and Australia and are, 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 are really active members of our community. So I think the biggest thing is, yeah, I mean, to what could we have done? What could we have done differently? I think our mint price is too high. And again, that's based on that's our at the time. It seemed fine. Um, I guess we didn't really think about the long term kind of impact. And we had sought out what what I'll refer to as industry expertise in that from a couple different folks that had said, yeah, absolutely. No, you guys are good with your utility because we launched a primarily utility driven, not primarily, an exclusively utility driven project in an era where it was all 75 to 80% shitty art PFP projects, you know, penguins and lions and llamas and all this selling out with no utility. Right. So we looked at what the market would bear and what we were providing. And we're like, this is a premium project. We're really providing a service here to your point. You're talking to a subsection of a subsection of a subsection. And then the last thing that we didn't really see coming that was challenging is, Again, we know a lot of people in poker, right, professionally. Uh, and you mentioned, like, you know, Chris Moneymaker, you know, different guys that we know and gals uh, in diff- that have different um, sponsorship deals or allegiances or contracts, right, that prevent them from, you know, we play on GG Poker. So we have some friends that um, that are in the ACR and PokerStars world that uh, – would perhaps be more involved, but can't be because they have, they have, they're under contractual obligations. So if they're seen, you know, doing something, if you know, you work for ACR, you work for stars. And even though we don't, you know, we just use GG as a platform, but still, so that, that was a, that was tough, right? That was like the, the, the politics of the poker world, poker politics are well, unlike any other world. Unlike, but, yes. But my God, I mean, so I will say I w- we were a little naive to that reality, you know, because you go to, you know, I go to a party, you know, we go to like a poker party in uh, in Vegas with somebody like Maria. Well, everybody loves Maria because she's amazing and she's a yep. Hall of Famer and one of the best poker players in the world. So just everybody loves everybody and it's this amazing atmosphere of collaboration and camaraderie and telling bad beat stories and all that. But then you get to the business side of it and it's like, okay, these <laughs> These, these people are professionals. And so that was, that was a little bit of a bear trap, um, you know, that we weren't really expecting, but, but, you know, like you said, live, live and learn. Definitely. You know, and it's funny. So, you know, like I went back to look at my Twitter while you were saying that, like, you know, like I first tweeted out about the project early December. And then on December 28th, I tweeted out and was like, Hey, I love that, you know, uh, you know, crypto Hold'em is collaborating with crypto dads. Uh, and I even like put out there like, you know, keep an eye on this project. And I'll say like, from my standpoint, like, and, you know, I think this is, it's easy for us to Monday morning quarterback a lot of things when it comes to like, you know, like, Hey, the price point and things like for me at the time, the point two mint price did not seem high, right? Like I remember, remember thinking hey we're you're right on like the utility i mean like also like the design of, of the website where things were going you were already collaborating with other projects right you were you know the proof the proof was there and you know and i've shared this on the podcast like when we when we started in november you know, the average mint price was 0.06 to 0.08 Ethereum for projects. And, you know, we had gone back, you know, two months to kind of like kind of figure out, okay, because I was trying to figure out how much it was going to cost me to buy an NFT every day for a year. And like, you know, I was like, well, they're going to, like, it's going to ebb and flow, but like, you know, probably 0.15 will be the high. Well, of course, 
by the time we got through Christmas and New Year's, that had all changed, right? And it, it kind of it had gone in a way where, like, I mean, every you know, for a while there, every project that was coming to me was point three, you know, point two to point three, where I was like, man, I I missed my like my estimates of that. And and I I will also say though that the, there's also a component where, you know. I would say December, January, and probably even in the February, there was also a time of like, if your project wasn't at a certain, like a mint price, it almost was kind of like bucketed in with a lot of projects that didn't have utility and things. Like, I think it's really important for, I think for all of our listeners, right? Like the, how you look at this coming, coming, bring a project to life. Like you mentioned, like if you had launched in the fall, it might've been different. It probably would have sold out, but it probably would have had a bunch of people in there that were not caring about your utility and not believers in, in what you're, you're building, um, you know, long-term. And I want to tap into that kind of the, the poker connection as well. But, you know, Joe, the other piece of this, you know, um, I believe you guys are still minting, right. Um, as of right now, so people can, uh, you know, check that out. It's uh, crypto hold'em, uh, NFT, uh, dot com. And of course, you know, D Y O D R do your own damn research, but, um, you know, we're sharing a little bit on that side. You know, talk a little bit about like how the project has um, has kind of morphed over you know since like the original launch. And I will also say like I mean I enjoy you know the graphics that you guys bring as far as promoting. Um, I, I think you do a great job of you know putting the schedule out there. You know for those that haven't used Club GG, you know I have no association with them either. But I've actually been very impressed with like the the usability of that you know iOS app for a poker uh, app. There are a lot of for anyone that hasn't played online poker or mobile poker. There are a lot of bad experiences for onboarding into a lot of these, um, you know, digital, uh, uh, you know, poker p- platforms. And I feel like that one, you know, it does a, a great job. A lot of other projects are using it as well. Can you talk a little bit about like what you guys have kind of like added or what you've kind of morphed, you know, since launch and what people can kind of think about if they uh, you know, want to jump into the project? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, go back to the the February launch. I think, you know, prior to that, we were doing a bunch of free nft giveaways crypto hold them whitelist spots and you know again this is for all the you know the founders or anybody that's thinking about creating a project i can tell you we had a really really large whitelist at the time like it was it was really big and you know like wow okay we got it with the niche of the niche of the niche we found the poker community we did it all right we flipped that for the whitelist spots and i think seven percent minted seven percent of the entire whitelist minted and we said you know what we're just going to keep going. It, it's a road. It's a road. We're going to learn. We're going to, we're going to go through this process. We're going to go to the minting page, but what came out of that are those people that minted off that whitelist are some of our strongest community members. And those are the people that are the mouthpiece for our community right now. And, and one thing that Josh and I have done, I think pretty well, not to pat ourselves on the back is like, we've always given credit to people who've been with us since day one. We've created certain roles. We have certain roles for sharks if you hold a certain number of NFTs. We have roles for VIPs if you hold that. And we have an OG day one minting uh, VIP role in, in Discord, right? And that's the rounders. And if you yep. haven't seen rounders, oh, yeah. we, cre- we created that, right? So we gave these roles. And I think you know, the, the, the one great thing about our community, and, and I appreciate you saying that we have a strong one, is you know, we have s- such a good group of people from all over the world that just love to play poker. Yep. And, and, and talking about maneuvering in this in this space changing the project a lot of the ideas and a lot of the changes that we have made have come from our own community 
Josh and I don't think we're the smartest people in the room. So we put a lot of polls out to, hey, if you're going to invest our project and you're going to hold 10 plus crypto holdem NFTs, I want to know what I'm doing good. I want to know what I'm doing bad and how can we better, maybe I'm not thinking about something of how I can reach a different you know, facet of the poker community. So I think you know we're, we're building day by day, but really that community aspect is something that I'm like, hey, if we didn't do it the way we did, maybe we wouldn't have those people that are so strong in our community right now. Oh, I mean, I think a hundred percent. I don't, I don't think you would have, you know, and I think, and I appreciate the transparency on like the whitelist side, because I, I remember, I don't remember where I was, but I remember that day being like, I need to make sure that I'm minting right away. Cause you know, like the, the, you know, from, from the outside, right. The hype was there, the momentum from the, you know, what I felt like was, in, you know, in the discord that, you know, countdown. Um, I, I remember the date being pushed and I was like, wow, okay. Now they're even building, you know, additional um, momentum on there. And, you know, I think the, you know, like the piece now, so like, um, for those that are that are jumping in now, like the what's the collection at? What's the uh, the min price, and what can they expect from that side? And then I want to tap into a little bit of the the poker synergy here for a minute too. Yeah, definitely. So as far as the the sell through rate, so we're we're at eleven seventy, right? So we have our total inventory is nine thousand two eighty two, and we've we've uh, minted one thousand one hundred seventy of those. A lot of those, one of the fun kind of things, you know, sometimes you're you're shooting from the hip uh, here, you know, and sometimes to Joe's point, you know, you get good ideas from the community. You know, one of Joe's great ideas, you had to give him a little pump his tires, a little bit, pump, give him a pat on the back is he said, what if we do a MOGO? I'm like, what the hell is a MOGO? He's like, mint one, get one like a BOGO. Right. I'm like, okay, that's kind of campy. I don't know if that's really going to resonate with the community. So we're at NFT LA. We're at a, we're at a hotel room in LA, like just grinding through, you know, strategy. And, you know, we have, 10 meetings today and a conference at night. And, you know, so Joe puts out this post and it like went like wildfire. Right. I mean, people really loved it. They loved the idea, you know, and we, we minted a ton of units. So, and, and that's the biggest thing, you know, when we launched our collection, our, so our sell through rate right now is about 13% of our total inventory, give or take. Right. Yep. So, and that's after a big second push, we lowered the mid price to 0.1 relatively recently, right. To be, make the project more accessible. Um, um, and this is even before this is actually before the crash. So, um, so we wanted to make the project more accessible and, and get, you know, get as many folks involved in the community as we can. Prior to that, you know, we're sitting there, we were looking at about six, six and a half percent of our inventory we had sold through. And some of them were, some of our total mints were, were buy one, get one, were, were right. mint one, were logos, right? So, so how do we deliver on utility with 6% of our available funds, right? Cause this is, right. we were, we were following the industry playbook, right? Like, hey, man, we, you know, go through, you mint this, you make, you know, conservatively between one and two million dollars. And here's what we can do with that money, right? Like, stoked. I mean, so the fact that we, you know, just recently sent somebody, we had two people play in, in uh, main events, right? We had one yep. person playing in an in-person event, 10K buy-in, all expenses paid trip, covered, um, played pretty well. He finished, uh, I think, 200 spots, 300 spots out of the money. So Nice. That's, that's uh, a real impressive. Yeah, as for as many people as uh, if if you if you cash, I'd probably give you his name, but I won't, I won't upset him. But anyway, one of our community members, in um, you, know, he won a tournament to play, and then we had another one of our community members playing an online bracelet event too. So the biggest thing that we had to kind of change gears, and you know, as 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 a famous podcast host once said, right? If you don't if you don't uh, change your course in this uh, in this market, you're going to die, right? Your project's <laughs> going to die, right? So I heard that somewhere. I don't know where it is, but, um, 
And that's, and that we realize that. And it's funny that that can be weird and painful for community, right? Because a lot of people aren't right. Yeah. And a lot of people aren't because a lot of these founders aren't docs and they're, you know, there's a, a couple of projects. I'm sure we're all members of one, I, you know, I don't, not to FUD, so I won't say the name, but you know, a, a, one of these P- monkey PFP projects I'm part of the founders, they're not docs. And they literally, there was so much negative chatter in the discord. They just shut down all their channels to announcement only. And they're just, Hey, we're doing the best we can. And we don't want to hear it. Ugh. I mean, that's, that's not us. You know what I mean? Right. right. We're, we're docs from jump street. Um, we try to take accountability. So as we're going through and trying to iterate and change course, you know, we said that we went out to the community and said, what's the most important, what's the most important thing for you guys? They said, we want to play poker and we love the idea that we can go to the WSOP done. So we took all of our available funds and Joe and I, like I said, Joe and I in, in a year of work, each took one payment, right. For 10 grand. I'll just say it. Why not? Right. Um, and, and then we reinvested that back in the project because when ETH, uh, when ETH crashed, we looked at, you know, cash on hand and said, we, we need to do this. So Joe and I each put that money back into back in the business. So like I said, we haven't taken a pe- we, we haven't made a penny and that's okay. Right. Because that's my biggest thing. And our, our biggest thing as a team, as a core team is, we're here to do what we said we we're going to do, which yeah. is allow give people a home to play poker and provide as much utility as we can, given now we don't, there's only so much money, right? So, yep. uh, and I, I'm okay working for free, working at a, working to be in debt's another matter, right? <laughs> so, um, you know, so that's, I mean, that's really what we've, we've come here to do. And so, and, but really the project is a slow burn, right? And we're not, we're never, we've never been a big FOMO, Oh yeah, I saw this on the Shill channel. You know, we hired this influencer. We know those guys, right? right. Like we know, yep. we know guys that know Snoop. We know guys that know, and a lot of these, you know, Paris Hilton, a lot of these really wildly famous people. But that's first of all not free, and and B, that's the holder's money. That's not our money. That's the biggest misconception in this space. Yeah, you see, like, oh, dude, like little, you know, little Dirk and and yeah, and Gunna and well, Gunna's in jail, but you know, before he went away, you know, yeah. like all these, you know, all <laughs> yeah, or Mayweather, people. yeah, <laughs> exactly, right, Mayweather, yeah. exactly. Like that's a pretty big bag, and that's your money. That yep. if you're a holder, that's your money because that's the first thing that founders are going to do is pay that back, right? So that was an, an area again. There's something we felt really strongly about. Like guys, we're not doing that, and this is your, it's our money now, but it's going to become your money that we're spending. So. Um, I'm glad we we held we held true to that. It, it, and it and honestly, it put us in a position where we're still financially able to send folks to WSOP and deliver on some of that utility. If we had that fifty, sixty, seventy, eighty, hundred thousand dollar bags hanging over our head for this shill for these shill channels that may or may not have worked, we wouldn't have been able to. We'd probably be out of business, honestly, had we done that. So. Well, and I and I want to put something out there too, like you know, I, and you know, I remember Joe when you reached out and you're like, "Hey, I'm a big fan of the podcast," and I was like. To me, that was like a like holy. You, know, you don't know who's listening, and I was like, "Wow, I'm a huge fan of the project, right?" And I was, a, you know, not only a fan of poker, but I love what the project was building. I also loved the commitment to building from day one as a slow burn. And you know, I I work hard at not like you know making it pumping bags or about you know talking about individual projects. But for anyone that's listening to this podcast for a majority of the episodes, when when I talk about slow burn projects that have utility that I believe is built and innovative a little bit before it's time, but is the one that's going to be here for the long run. There are two slow burn projects. Meta whips is one of them. And the crypto hold'em one is the second one. And, and those two, like, so whenever I was saying those things over the last many months, for me, part of it was like, I I'm proud of having it in our collection. I'm proud that, you know, like not only have you guys continue to deliver, but you know, the, the slow burn idea is that, you know, you also have a great job of kind of onboarding new people into that, you know, community. I think poker world as a whole 
you know, for those that love the NFT space of being very welcoming and very, um, you know, like kind of educational and, and, you know, there's some bad side, but there's definitely like that, like wag me side. Like I've felt like that for poker for, for the longest of time, right? Like there's, you would think that everyone was enemies on everyone, like especially even playing, you know, in person. And, you know, I played out of uh, talking six uh, resort there out of Arizona for, you know, many, many, many years. And like my pictures on the back wall from you know, the, the tables, the, the first two years, I actually final tabled back to back years of their, uh, the Arizona state tournament. And I remember telling people like, you know, people assume because like your your photos there or your your name that there's like a like an ego or reputation, but there there's such like a, a camaraderie around that, and I feel like your project has done a, a great job of kind of embracing that. And I think for our listeners, what I want to kind of like always stress in the sense of like when you're looking at projects to invest in and projects to follow the lead in or to mirror after, it's the ones that have utility that are delivering that are ultimately you know, it's the right people getting into the project, right? And to me, this entire project is completely different. And I don't believe it's, you know, a year from now, it's probably one that you're gonna be like, man, this is, you know, the best. But I also think it's important that like, right now are tough times when, you know, as much as like, I believe in slow burn, you know, it's still a matter of like, hey, we got to keep momentum going. What are some creative things that, you know, we can do to, to build some things out there? So the last kind of question I had, you know, like you guys have done a great job of collaboration, right? Like you have, you know, events, you do, um, you know, uh, co-sponsored uh, poker tournaments, you know, as you know, for there are other projects that like one of the things that I hear a lot is like, Brian, like, how do we prepare not to sell out? And I always say, like, my answer back is, thank God you're asking that question, because the fact that you're willing to ask that question today shows that you're more mature in this space than a majority of where we were prior to, right? The fact that, you know, 7% of your whitelist ends up, you know, kind of, like, you know, end up minting that, right, or around that number. Like, there, it, there's a lot of data or information or advice or influencer tips or, like, hey, this is how much they had, how many they had on the list, right? Like, I remember hearing about, like, you know, Mechaverse, right? Like, Mechaverse did the, you know, raffle of 8,888 and there was 250,000 in the Discord. I was one of the ones that, you know, got that raffle and I also wrote it, wrote it high, then kept it in my bag down to the, <laughs> down to the floor. That's one of the ones that I, I, uh, I still like, I, I mean, I got out at like 1.2 ETH, uh, in January and I felt like I was like a huge win, uh, compared that's at but I, I i commend both of you in the you know and the team right to the to commitment to the project to the to continuing to deliver but i also think this is where like you know as current nft holders we have to be patient um and then also as those that are looking to invest in in like real projects this is like where real utility real things matter you know this is poker you know if you're a poker player you're a fan of poker players if you're what, you're a fan of game theory. You're you're a fan of you know ways that you know NFTs can be used differently. Like I really appreciate what you guys have been building. So I you know I say that you know publicly here just because like for me like I was excited to have you guys on the podcast. Pro, you know if you would ask me in February I would like oh man you know it would be a great project for me to bring on and I'm I'm very selective on the on the project side. So I'm I'm curious you know Joe for anyone that's like um you know maybe on the on the edge or what are some of the things that right now you guys are doing or that they can they can, if they buy an NFT now what are they get involved in and then we'll kind of jump into that other part of the conversation. Yeah and just to add one point uh for any of the founders that are talking about you know maybe your project's not doing well right now or you're thinking about doing just one thing stay true to yourself. Right. And and to go back on your last point is we've had a lot of opportunities come across our desks to to maybe mint out, maybe, you know, sell out some more NFTs. But that's not what we're about right now. This community is so strong. And and to bring in, you know, a thousand, two thousand other people who don't really care about poker is not what our project's about. 
And, we, and quite frankly, and, and candidly, we've, we've been approached by a couple pro, uh, poker projects that we don't see eye to eye with mm. what they're doing. We're not all about cash games. We're not all about, you know, pay money up front. We're a utility project, right? right? You buy our NFT and this is what you get with our NFT. I'm not really interested. I know Josh isn't either. We're not interested in, in creating a cash game on the internet and do stuff like that. If you want that, you can go play an ACR and, and play your cash right. games. This is an NFT project. We've you know done it professionally since Jump Street. Uh, we created an LLC. Josh and I were very um, you know big on 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 doxing and doing this the right way. So just I wanted to hit on that point. Yeah. Just stay true to yourself. And if you're hitting a road bump, you're just wag me right. You're, you're gonna <laughs> as long as you're true to yourself and you have the right utility and you have the right people in your project, you're gonna be fine. So don't don't give up and and just keep going. And then I forgot your other your actual question. No, yeah. So like for those that you know those that are jumping in now, what are some of because like I think you know you're continuing to build, but I think there's also like a state now where you know if someone's buying an NFT now, what are some of the things they can be aware of or they can think about you know if they're jumping into the project? Yeah. So we have nonstop poker twice a week. You can come in and as soon as you mint the NFT, you can play in the whole. We have a holder channel where you can play poker. Uh, we have access to masterclass and Josh is much more well-versed on how, you know, I think Josh has become a professional on masterclass and a lot of our holders have access to that. Um, and we're going to start qualifiers back up for the WSOP. Again, our part of our roadmap is sending someone to the WSOP main event every year. Um, and we're in the process, like we've talked about earlier, of changing things up in our project. And I think if we're not changing or we're not listening to our community, then we're not doing our job as founders. So we have a concept coming up right now. Where we're going to create a DAO and have, you know, one of the, we have a ton of suggestions that come in daily and we do read them all. And one thing is like, Hey, we just want to play poker. And we were looking at an area of, of creating a DAO and be allowing our community to dictate what they want to do with those funds, whether it's IRL events. We've sent a, a couple of people to IRL events in, uh, in Alabama and in, in Tennessee, in North Carolina, excuse me. So we were like, hey, if you want to go play in IRL events and it's, you know, you're, you're in the area, you can play in this tournament and you can play. So it's, it's, it's kind of cool just doing the IRL and the club GG. So a lot of poker um, and, and our board reveals. If you guys haven't seen our board reveals, um, it's a really fun aspect. We have another one coming up later tonight. Um, so yeah, it's our board reveals are something that we're really trying to bring uh, more into the limelight because it sets our project apart from everything else. It is really cool. And it took me a little bit to like kind of uh, wrap my head around it. And then once I, I understood what you guys are doing, I was like, oh, wow, this is a, a unique approach. And I'm excited for people to check that out. You know, the, the other part of the conversation I just want to throw in, you know, I, I mentioned this kind of pre-show, you know, I actually lean in on a lot of, you know, poker experience um, that kind of help in this NFT space. And one of the, you know, there's a couple of areas like, you know, for me, like I said, I was really bad at online poker until I started to figure out like, how do I transfer my skills, right? Like I'm great at reading people. I'm great at having conversations. You know, um, yes, Zoom would have helped in like the 2015 to 2018 range of poker. Like it would have been nice to have people on video. But like I started to understand like betting patterns and I started to understand, you know, even, you know, the sizing of, of bets and how long people took to to play on, on, on certain hands when we were, you know, multi-tabling on, you know, full tilt and poker stars at the time and, and kind of living that life. And it's so funny because like for me, a lot of those trends analysis and when you look at projects and like how they're minting, how many wallets, like I'll look and say like, okay, that's cool that the project's minting a lot, but like who's minting it and what, and what wallets and are they all whales? Are they all wallets that were created in the last 24 hours? So there's a lot of like those pieces, but one of the biggest ones for me that I feel poker players have a massive advantage for is the 
is really that separation and understanding of like money on the table is different than money that is in your bank account or at the grocery store. And that is a, it is an issue here in the NFT space, right? Where you can feel like, Hey, I'm, I'm minting things like, Hey, you know, it's a free project. I'm, I'm just paying $88 in gas yet, you know, $88 is legit $88. Right. And the fact that you're then going to have to go and be like, you know, should I lower my, my internet you know, should I get a different internet provider so I can save $100 a month when at the same time you're throwing $88 at a free mint because you you know think Goblin Sister Kids Project or whatever the hell it is might be something good. Uh, I'm curious your guys' ta- take on like, because like to me that was that's an advantage. Like I can I can separate that because I would realize that I would sit down at a, you know, at a table with a 10 K buy-in and I would still recognize that like I have to pay the bills and I have to, I have to do things for like my family where I can't just throw 10 K at a chance to win a, a poker tournament the same way I can throw like 10 K around, you know, on the outside as well. What, what poker skills or poker, like kind of like that, like experience, do you guys see bridging kind of into this NFT space? I'll, Josh, I'll go to you first and then go to Joe. Yeah, no, I, I think, you know, just to kind of hit on what you're saying, too, about not selling out. I mean, there's the project Wagner United we're, we're big fans of. And yes, we're, we're big sports guys. I mean, you look at the Wagner United team, right? So that guy, Gary V, you know, he's pretty popular in the space. <laughs> I've heard of him before. <laughs> G-Front, Snowfro, G-Money, Preston Johnson. Like, I mean, it's literally the Mount Rushmore of like dudes and ladies, dude, you know, guys and gals in that are like wildly uh, connected uh, knowledgeable in the space, influencers, whatever term you want to use, and they're still two thousand minutes away from selling out. Yep. So uh, it, I mean, literally, I minted three. You know, why started to get into it? I'm I'm trying desperately to get into soccer because I've tried and failed a couple times. So I'm like, all right, <laughs> Wag Me United, man. This is my team, right? This is so all of our entire core team minted this project, right? Nice. And I played cards with Daryl Moore a couple times. Daryl's a buddy, right? So I was just like. You know, and I saw he's attached to it, right? So, like, that's enough for me. And and again, they're still they haven't minted out. So, if if the question is, are we going to mint out? The answer is probably no. And and just it just it's about clearly communicating with your with your audience and with your community. Like, if we sell this, then we can do this, yep. right? And and setting different milestones because in in a, in a poker poker related project, there wasn't really an incentive for our folks early on to encourage other people to mint because the less hands you have, right. Uh, the, the better statistically your chances are winning, right. Yep, and, for sure. You know, segueing into the question you asked, which is how do folks poker skills, um, excuse me, kind of tie in here. And, and I think it is, you know, to your point right now to mint, you know, we're a point one mint, you know, ETH is wherever it is, is hovering around a thousand dollars today. So that's a hundred bucks. Now a hundred bucks is a hundred bucks and gas is whatever. Thankfully gas has been low five, 10 bucks. Yep. So you look at like people that minted Goblin Town, or you know maybe they paid more in gas than it is for our token. And now it was a free mint, sure, okay. And and but it was because somebody thought it was somebody's like you said, somebody's cousin that maybe was related to Bored Apes and blah blah blah. You know, and no like no flood in Goblin Town. They they made a ton of dough and for no very little utility and good for them. Like love that community, but yep. Um, wish we had thought of it, but you know, like (laughs) just, just hating is what I'm doing. But like, but it, but that's the thing relatively, you know, and we look at ETH on February 22nd, Ethereum was 20 closed at 2639, right? That was the, you know, if you look at the historical on it in, in November, around November 2nd, where we're going to mint ETH was at around $4,600. Wow. So, I mean, you know, that's a 57% reduction from our first to our second 
kind of minting season. So I think the cool thing about our community and part of the reason why our folks are so loyal is because they look at it and they go, okay, so how much did this cost me in U.S.? What's this? How much did this cost me? Number one. Yep. So minted at point two on mint day, it costs you four hundred and sixty dollars or something, right? Plus gas. Okay. So now you've gotten five months worth of. We play poker at least twice a week. So the and the hardest thing about being a poker player is what finding other people to play finding a game. With, yep, right? that's for and sure. <laughs> finding a game, unless. You want to start getting into the non-regulated markets or, or traveling to a state where you can play online for cash. You know what I mean? But yep. living in California where this, this whole idea was born and now I live in Tennessee, like that, those are not legal online poker states. So the toughest thing to get a game. So we, so I think the people recognize the value for money in that, you know, yeah, even whether you paid $400 for this, whether you paid $100, I mean, shoot, you could buy one off the floor right now and be part of our community for 50 bucks. Right. Right. Our, our, our floor price is 0.05. Yep. And the best thing is people, I had a conversation with a, another friend in the space yesterday. He said, what do you think about your floor price? I said, we, said, we don't care. Hmm. So why not? Because it doesn't mean anything to us, right? Like, it, you know, eventually once we sell out, then that will mean the floor will start to rise. We know that because there's only so many, there's only so many hands, right? There's yep. only so many uh, um, um, memberships, right? There's only so, so many folks that can join the, that can join the project, right? Right. So, but there's no, is there a scarcity when we've only minted 1200 of 9,000? No, not yet. Will there be? Sure. You know, and that's okay. Right. And we're not, and again, we're not dying to get there. I mean, we, do we wish we'd sold a little bit more in mint? Definitely. But I think our poker people can look at, a, look at something pretty quick from a cost benefit analysis. And also if you're a poker player and you spent between a hundred and $400, $400 is not an insignificant amount of money, but what, how much did you spend on our project and what has it given yep. given you, right? You've been able to talk about pro- poker 24-7, 365 for five months, right? You've been able to, to play poker twice a week. You had you had an opportunity to qualify to play in the WSOP online event or in person, right? We've given away over 250 NFTs through different collaboration tournaments. We bring a pretty decent – we had an, an ENS domain event the other night that um, – Shout out to Delaware Mike, who's our kind of alpha guy and just all around amazing dude. Set that up with the ENS guys. And like it was an educational event for our holders because a lot of people that are in our community are brand new yep. to, to NFTs and don't really give a crap about NFTs outside of the poker world. So, you know, we bring education. Uh, like Joe said, we had a partnership with Masterclass where all of our everyone who's minted got access to a free month of Masterclass. And we did that because Phil Ivey and Daniel Negreanu have classes on that. Yep. So we know our, our core tenets at the beginning of the project were, were education, accessibility, right, and training, right? We talk about, like, having having all sorts of different uh, different abilities to win prizes, different abilities to have access to unique poker events, and to be able to educate, to be able to make you a better poker player. And how do you get better at poker? By playing more poker, right? Yep. So, so I, I mean, I'm really, really proud of what we've done, and I think that our community, again, I'm sorry, I take the long way around always, but... I think our community, our poker community realizes that. And that's part of the reason why our community is so strong is because they see it's hard to read the label from inside the jar. So sometimes, you know, do we get a little blowback from, oh, what do you mean? We're not doing $20,000 board reveals every month. I'm like, well, you look at Etherscan. You know how much we've made. Right, right. right. Like, yep, yep. And that's what we love, love, love about this space. This space is is really grimy and savage sometimes, right? The mar- the, especially the NFT marketing space is brutal. Oh, yeah. so what Joe and I have always said is we're going to use our powers for good. And what we love about this space is 
if you're not being transparent with your community, they'll be transparent with you. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> so true. it's all it's all out there in the blockchain, which is which which makes it beautiful. So and, and if I could just add on one yeah. point, I think one thing we've done, and I'll give another shout out to uh enter random our, our poker operations is he's had us on camera since day one yep. if we have an announcement to make to our community we're not going to sit on twitter spaces we're not going to record something we're going to be on either twitch or a google meet or we are we are on video and i think that's important for for any founder or anybody who's thinking about starting a project is one i think you need to be doxxed in this space this is my personal opinion and two if you're going to deliver something whether it's good or bad be on camera be yourself it's it's it, it you one thing you hit on your podcast all the time is trust yep. and if you don't have trust within your community you're not going to make it and i think that's one thing that we've done really well is any whether it's good bad ugly you know every announcement that we've made has been on camera and i and i i will say like that stood out to me as well right and i think there's you know when we look at you know projects and and you know not only you know how people are investing or or where things are going right like i think a lot of the fud or even a lot of the disconnect in communication happens when if the only time the communication is posted good and bad is in the discord announcements channel, like that's such a disconnected way of us, like, you know, you know, kind of blanketly putting things out there. So I love that you guys kind of brought that up and, you know, I'll say for our listeners, like I knew, you know, when I, when we were, uh, you know, lining up this, uh, interview, I was like, this will be one of my longest, uh, podcast interview, uh, of, of them. Cause I, you know, I love what you're, what you're building. I also love, you know, the poker component, but I also think there's so many lessons here. Right. And I, and I brought up meta whips and it's, you know, a, a project founded by the West coast customs. And, and I said, you know, I interviewed them the night before their mint and they had a slow burn, uh, you know, mint and they were, you know, not only great people, you know, committed to the project, but you know, they had the brand affinity and they weren't willing to kind of jeopardize. There was lots of people and celebrities that were kind of approaching them and they, they stayed committed and, and they're, you know, I love what they're continuing to do. And I got a sneak preview just over the weekend of their game and the things they're coming out. And I, that, I, I tie that here to also to the, to this project, right? Because I think, you know, not only have you guys docs, but you have, you know, brands, reputation, personal brands, you know, like I, you know, I remember doing the research. Like I remember before we went into the project, right? I'm looking at each one of the founders, understanding like, what do they have in play? You know, and even like the, the association friends with Maria Ho, who we've mentioned and, and you know, and shouted out, right. Understanding, you know, the, the market as a whole. And I, and I'll also say just the other piece of this is like the gamification to me is like the coolest part of all of the NFT space. Like I, I talk about psychedelics anonymous a lot here on the, on the podcast, just because like, like there are things within the NFT space. Like I didn't think of like these different like decision points that like all of our decisions impact everyone. You know, it's very much like a poker table, right? Like the fact that, you know, like we don't really have to, you know, we don't have to beat everybody at the poker table. All we have to do is beat one person and we're not playing against the house. And that's why I always, you know, I always tell people like I didn't gamble for many years when I was playing poker full time. I went and played poker. I never, I didn't put a, I mean, it was three years uh, of, you know, full time going to Vegas every other weekend and I didn't play blackjack. I didn't play, I didn't literally did not touch another game other, uh, other than hold on. Uh, and for me, like that, you know, like there's like a little bit of like kind of like that commitment to, you know, brand commitment to, you know, vision. And I'm excited to see where this continues to go. I also love like kind of the, you know, the gamification of knowing what hands are out there and, and, you know, checking out OpenSea and, and for those that are listening, right, like that, you know, if you've listened this far into the project, like this is also a great example of where you can take inspiration for your projects and even opportunities for collaboration. And you mentioned that with like the ENS project. I love, you know, like the masterclass piece, right? Like, you know, not only is that a, a great utility, but it's, 
it's beautifully tied to your, you know, to the community. Cause I mean, how many, I mean, anyone that watches poker, you get the Daniel Negreanu, you, uh, the commercial comes on. I feel like I, I can almost quote him word for word on how he talks about uh, a masterclass. And that's good. That's kudos to them. They know their market. They know, you know, that we're watching like FS, FSN one at midnight because we want to watch like, you know, the, the deep stack all over again and what that might be. So um, I love what you guys are building. I love that you guys kind of brought this to life. Um, anything that you guys want to leave the audience with anything to, to throw out there, we'll of course cl- include the links. Um, you know, I appreciate you guys coming on. I'm excited to you know continue. We, we minted them for the project. I of course have one um, in my personal bag um, as well. And, you know, and, love to you know talk about you know uh you know future collaborations as well because i really do love what you know you're building and, and i appreciate the the kind words and support of the podcast right you both of you have shared out the podcast over uh over the time as well and that means a lot to me you know as a creator you know i'm bootstrapping this project right and showing up every day for this uh you know this podcast and we have a, an amazing team but it's also one for me like i believe in great people. I believe in great projects. And, uh, this is just, a, you know, another example and another opportunity I get to kind of bring this to life. So I'll, I'll kick it to you, Joe first, and then I'll kick it to Josh and we'll close it out. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. And thanks for having us on. Uh, like I said, I've been a, a big fan of this project and to, to mint a project every day for 365 days, kudos to you, man. And kudos <laughs> to doing a podcast every day. And, and there are people that are listening and you're doing a really good job in educating people in the space. So I appreciate that. Um, if you're a poker player, we got a great community for you. You can play poker. We, we talk poker, play poker. If you don't understand poker and you're new to NFTs, come over to our project too. Because, you know, our board reveal process, we've invested a significant amount of money into our new table, RFID, where you can look at it. It's giving percentages and stuff like that. we got a lot of cameras that are going on, and it's a good gameplay. So if you like poker, come over. If you don't understand poker and just like NFTs, come on over and check us out. Like you said, our Discord's always popping. We have a really strong community, though it's small. You know, we have, and we're proud of that. And, and, you know, we have a really, really strong community. So I appreciate the time on the podcast and, and thank you. Yeah, of course. Thanks, Joe. Josh, over to you. Anything else you want to add on? Uh, no, just the same. I mean, the, the board reveal process has always been pretty cool. That's kind of our secret sauce. And, and there's, you know, like Joe said, if you're a poker player and you want to, uh, if nothing else, you know, tune into our Twitch, follow us on Twitch. So we're Crypto Hold'em NFT on Twitch, on Instagram and on Twitter. So follow us on social, check out one of the board reveals. I think you're going to love it. The production quality has improved dramatically, will continue to improve. Uh, we're going to be doing a Q&A with, uh, we mentioned his name earlier, but uh, my boy Scott Blumstein, 2017 World Series of Poker main event winner. Nice. So we a Q&A with him um, pretty soon. Uh, so look out for that. We've got some more collaborations coming. Uh, we actually did a collab with MetaWhips, too, in the very nice. beginning. So, so shout out to those guys. Um, we've got a couple of other projects, again, with Ethereum Towers and another project called Rogue Bunnies. That is a bunch of uh, you know former playmates who have gotten together to launch a really awesome collection. They're going to be dropping um, a pretty some some pretty major um, some their projects going going uh, going going places and and they're going to be they're going to be have some have some huge announcements coming out. We're going to be doing a collaboration tournament with them. So if you're another project wants to do a collaboration tournament with us, uh, reach out to us. We're happy to act as kind of a service provider for that. You know we're happy to. Um, have you as part of our community. And again, even if you just want to learn more about it, follow us on Twitch, check out this, this board reveal, um, you know, shout out to Michael again, who's our chief poker officer, who is the guy that makes that engine go. And we wouldn't be where we are without him, but man, it's, it's a lot of fun. We'd be honored to have you on board. And, uh, and again, fans, yeah, thanks for having us on. It's been a great, uh, great time and definitely check us out on social. 
For sure. And I'll make sure that all those links are in there. And you definitely shout out to Rogue Bunnies. Uh, I was actually in the like a five hour clubhouse room uh, when they were they were kind of ideating the concept. And I'm a huge fan of the Playboy Rabbitars project. And I just was a lack of understanding of how all of that relationships went in the like the playmate playboy like that whole world and like that education and then getting to know uh, many of them i know many of them listen to the podcast i'm able to you know connect with them that's a project that you know i'm excited for what they're bringing to life uh, we'll definitely talk more on that and there's it's, it's no surprise right that you know crypto dads meta whips you know rogue bunnies they're you know the other part of this like beautiful synergy is that like when you surround yourself with great people and great projects, you'll also discover great projects and other great people. And I think that is like one of those lessons that we just don't hear enough here in the NFT space because, you know, like the, the, like the, the byproducts of crypto dads, like you might look at crypto dads floor right now and, and what, where it's at at the moment, but the amount of people that I've met that were either onboarded or that was like their first aha, like, you know, V friends might've attracted people to the space, but you have to have that, like that community that kind of welcomes you in and brings you to life. And uh, I know I think for poker players, you guys have built that here uh, for sure. And, you know, hopefully we'll get the, uh, you know, get to play in person sometime too. I, I would look forward uh, to that. And, you know, we are, you know, for me, I, I love online. I also think it's kind of that, that harmony. And, you know, the, the sponsor of our podcast here is uh, the Crypto Business Conference happening there uh, in San Diego. And, you know, that is another, you know, byproduct of, you know, in-person events and what they're doing uh, with Crypto Business Conference is, you know, not only, uh, you know, you can do these tables where, are you know based on the subject matter that you care about right if you're a dev if you're an artist or a musician you can sit down at networking tables where other musicians are going to uh, surround themselves with and i think that is a uh, something that we have to be able to be you know better at in in person events and i i love that the crypto business conference is kind of pulling that together and and lastly we'll give a shout out we were, we were talking about sammy ariaga a little bit pre show uh, i have to give him a shout out he was a a guest on the podcast he we've minted his uh, nft with digital hearts uh, and he's hustling i tell you what uh, for any musician that's out there he has a project called pixelated that is out there right now that is another you know a, a great project great artist uh, he shows up more than anyone I've ever met I ran into him about 10 times in New York and I felt like every time it was in between one of five gigs that he was doing every day of NFT NYC uh, and so that's just another example of you know a great person that, that's doing uh, you know great things in this space and you guys can jump back and listen to to Sammy's uh, interview I, I pushed him uh, in, in many ways and afterwards he's like that's the most I've thought on an interview but it was probably my favorite and I was like I'll, I'll take that a, as a win and so uh, for all those listening as always you know do your own damn research you know for me this is you know uh you know a we is greater than me idea and you know how do you surround yourself with great people you find great projects and then uh you know poker pun uh you know go go all in and uh let the you know let the cards uh fall as they may but you know i think the the beauty of this space is uh there's lots of great opportunity to get involved so until tomorrow make a great day my friends cheers this show is not financial advice so do your own damn research